There goes that man's jock strap. <laughs> oh my God, did you see that? <laughs> America's team? Yeah, right. Oh baby, it's a big day in sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this year. Huge move for him. I think it's gonna be a game changer. We have a lot to talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the In a League of Their Own podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to today's NHL segment, um, kind of diving into our midway point of the year. I mean, everybody's kind of in a different spot, but everybody's basically within a handful of games of that 41 game mark. Um, kind of a midway point recap here as far as uh, kind of looking at the top and the bottom of the league. Um, I guess I'll ask the first question and then I'll go to the second one once we, once we kind of talk about our two teams. Which team has surprised you the most this season as far as having a better season than you expected? Uh, honestly, New York Rangers. I did not see them being on top of the Metro at this point during the year. Um, Pittsburgh, you know, was going to be good. Carolina after their, yeah, I like think I'm really them. And honestly, I'm, I'm going to say Detroit as well for as good as they're doing from not being the Montreal Canadians of the season. Again, <coughs> I feel like that's a huge turnaround. Um, so yeah. I'd say that that is my most impressive team is the Rangers. Yeah, um, I'm kind of looking at the central as far as um, actually, I mean, as much as it's like, oh, it's specific, it's obviously like the most like, like nobody really talks about the specific as far as who comes out of it, except Vegas is kind of the front runner right there right now. But either way, we kind of talked about them earlier a couple of weeks ago as far as not being a team that anybody's really talking about. And right now they find themselves in the postseason, the LA Kings sitting with 48 points right now, two games in hand um, over the Ducks who are just two points ahead of them. So they can move up into that two spot, catching up with those games. Um, but also right behind them, Calgary, five games in pocket on the Kings. They sit just two points behind. So uh, again, with all the, everybody having to make up games, um, uh, it's, it's going to be hard to tell until you get really into the last month of hockey here as far as where everybody's at. But yeah, the Kings, super young team. Nobody's really expected them to be there. Kind of in that quote-unquote re rebuild stage as far as trying to – rebuild that team full of young guys. Um, definitely not a guess in being in the top three of the Pacific, uh, especially given, I mean, again, Vegas, Calgary, Edmonton are definitely three teams I would expect above them. Um, Winnipeg. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, I'm going to say Kings. And then the second part to this question here flip the coin over, which team is having the most underwhelming season this year? Um, I think we can agree on this one. Montreal, 
um, from going to Stanley Cup Finals to fucking absolute trash. Yeah. But I'm also going to add my Flyers into this mix. 13-game losing streak on the bottom of the Metro now. Um, I feel like we should start moving some of our some of our old guys. Let's rebuild. Let's let's go. Let's not get caught in the dust here. Um, let's tank. Try to get Shane right. Even though I don't think that's out of reach because if Montreal does win their next two games, they'll be at twenty seven, only seven points back. So we could potentially tank this long enough to get Shane Wright, number one pick. Definitely would change the franchise. That's for sure. And yeah, I'm that's who I'm most disappointed with is the Flyers. But I feel like the, shockingly is the Canadians for they did decent last year to absolutely do this fucking bad when they really only lost two main guys, their defensemen and their goalie, and their goalie's working on coming back. So I don't know what the, all their excuses are. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with both of those teams. One to kind of add to the list as far as how they started the year versus where they are now, Buffalo. Did they start 9-1, and 10-1? 9-0 they started, yeah. And now they are 13-22, third from last in the Atlantic. Um, basically caught up in games. They have 42 games played. Everybody else is either under them, otherwise Tampa and Florida are one game ahead, and Detroit. But just as far as kind of an underwhelming season, as far as, I mean, nobody expected, everybody expected that for Buffalo to be here, but after the first two or three weeks of the season, oh shit, Buffalo's on the top. From that point till now, very underwhelming as far as kind of how they shit the bed um, to this point. So yeah, Flyers, Montreal, and then yeah, Buffalo, as far as how they started and where they are right now. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I, I I knew Buffalo eventually would blow it just because of how they built that team, who they all have currently on their yeah. I don't I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they ended up sliding into till last in the Atlantic before the end of the year's over. And then over to uh what caught the hockey world's eyes this past week. Um, Jacob Pineta, his actions in the course of the ECHL game directed towards um, Jordan Subban, uncalled for. Um, what do you think? He was ended up being suspended for the rest of the season. How do you think really i'm i'm going to take this bigger than just hockey here how do you think any sport can really keep discrimination and racism out of the sport and actually enforce it i feel like they kind of keeping this benchmark of chopping these putting these guys on the chopping block and kicking them out um i mean we we're, we're talking about uh, in, in the NBA segment as far as OJ Mayo getting his two-year suspension PEDs. He had a, he's playing over in a Czech league right now. I feel like that's where a lot of these guys end up because, I mean, North American sports you, sets his benchmark of 
you fuck up once this big, you're not getting back in. If you want to keep keep playing your sport, doing what you want to do, you got to go overseas to some no-name league that um, then who does either, I shouldn't say they don't care about racism, racism or discrimination over there, but it's less of a, the media has less eyes on it over there. So you're kind of under the radar if you continue your career over there. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the NHL, as far as uh, um, handling it this way, or not, it was the ECHL, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this is the only way to do it. Just put these guys on the chopping block. All right, you're done. Um, I mean, NFL, kind of what they did to uh, John Gruden. Big mistake. Boom, you're done. Who knows? He still might get back in the league in, in some way, shape, or form down the road anyway. So who knows the, the accountability over there. But, yeah, I mean, as far as addressing discrimination and racism – on this stage there's no there's no really better way to do it as far as just all right you're done you like don't show your face around here again get out of here kind of thing um that's the only way to go about it maybe offer some assistance to these people as far as an education side of things as to okay yeah you you said this thing you're out of here okay but did they learn their lesson maybe have a uh program in place to people who do fall into this category of mistakes with racism discrimination drugs kind of life-changing things offer them assistance instead of just giving them the boot you're out of here as to all right here's the help you can seek as to educate yourself and help yourself to become a better person I guess that's the only thing to add to the table for these players yeah, and they do have all these outreach programs as far as like drug abuse, mental health, stuff like that. I know I got to see a cool story the other day. Um, Auto Senators Austin Watson uh, forward, he just hit three years of sobriety and they tossed him a chip and huge celebration. And then I saw another video as well of a coach in the AHL just hit his five year um, the other day. So I feel like the NHL is really good with that as far as providing help actually to the players. And then a sport with even less minorities than most professional sports, because all the other sports are basically made up of a majority of minority of, you know, of not, um, fuck, what was I trying to say? Anyway, the since ho- like I said, since hockey is like much more of a less minority group and they're trying to get more people involved in the game because not a lot of that's the one reason why I feel like it is is the part of discrimination of how hockey is so expensive and if you grow up in an area or don't have access to getting help getting gear and affording ice time and all this stuff which is more times than not in big cities you're not going to see you know the return as far as all these people who can play the game and would love the game if they had the opportunity to do it and then Mm -hmm. this last year with 
the Black Hockey Players Alliance that was started by the NHL and all the Black players that are currently in it. Like you said, I feel like somebody who does go to the lengths of discriminating or being racist should have to go participate and learn about become a part of it so you can understand it and not just be ignorant and think you can do whatever you want and not have any repercussions. Um, for those of you who haven't seen the video, you can just type in his name on YouTube and you can go watch the incident. He literally gets his ass kicked by a whole entire team and his own team doesn't even protect him because everybody I feel like who has a heart understands that that's so wrong. And that doesn't deserve any place in society or yeah, in society as a whole. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think maybe even a longer suspension than just a year, like the rest of the season. Okay. Then you should have to go through a program or earn your way back in, not just be handed a gift. Like it's an opportunity you're, you've been given an opportunity that you've basically taken from somebody else, not saying that you didn't earn it in whatever way you've gotten it mm -hmm. to ruin that opportunity when it could have went to somebody else and then not be thankful for it and have gratitude to work, you know, earn your, earn it back instead of thinking that you're, Oh, I'm going to like a B situation. You don't think that you're better than the sport because <laughs> you're not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's always a touchy subject of how to handle it the right way, but I feel like professional sports, for the most part, handles it correctly as far as being on top of it right away, not letting it build up. Um, but yeah, um, it ultimately just comes down to, again, educating and know, knowing, knowing things before you obviously make a career ending decision so um yeah sucks that it happens but i mean it's it happens that uh, i mean it's it's uh, it's gonna happen no matter what across all major sports there's a handful of stories like this that happen oh it every happens every year. day dude it happens every day yeah <laughs> like pk suban the brother the who plays in the nhl for the devils spoke to the media at lengths about this whole thing and literally he talked about how he doesn't expect anything from anybody to be treated differently or whatever he's just he grew up being black we, you and me we didn't we'd never understand what that's like there's no way that we can understand what that's like yeah at all but you can at least have a conversation and have sympathy and at least, you know, understand to some degree what that's like, but obviously, and I feel like, like he just talked about how he dealt with it since he was a little kid and how all the time through juniors through, and yeah, it's an unfortunate situation. And I feel like now being put in the limelight of an incident being caught on video like this and going, blowing up viral like we wouldn't be talking about this and i feel like it wouldn't have even made the news if this wasn't an nhler's younger brother even like i feel like because of his last name is the only reason why we heard about this whole incident 
like yeah. realistically. Like otherwise, I feel like nothing would have happened. Mm-hmm. It'd have been called oh line brawl, blah 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 blah. Not this ki- this guy literally just made an openly racist gesture slash name calling, and then he gets his ass kicked. You know, mm-hmm. like he made that point as well. Yeah. Yeah, and then kind of the last uh, point to talk about, we've talked about them a handful of times over the last few weeks here, the Edmonton Oilers. Um, They finally got back on track. They're on a two-game win streak. And to add to their their kind of upcoming, trying to turn their season around, the rumors made true or made official today, Evander Kane, joins the Edmonton Oilers on a one-year deal, 2.1 million salary, uh, deal worth 750K, signing bonus of 625,000. Yeah, I mean, huge move for them. Uh, Obviously, they're kind of waiting out his incident with the the Sharks as far as, um, it was like a gambling thing, wasn't it? Where he was supposedly gambling on his own games or something. That was last year. His ex-wife tried to say that he gambled. That was not proven true. This was for a fake COVID vaccine card. Oh, that's that's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, big move. Obviously, one of the big names in the NHL. Uh, kind of, It's kind of a roll of the dice kind of thing. Again, you were talking about Antonio Brown. Kind of fits into that same... That same uh, bucket as far as he has a track record of a couple things off off the ice that have kind of tarnished his name a bit. The talent is still there. If you can keep the guy's head on straight and he comes in and is productive, it could be a huge move for them. Um, and yeah, I mean, Edmonton sits six points out of a guaranteed playoff spot, but they also have five games in pocket. So they could easily make that up with with time here, making up those games. Um, yeah, just worth mentioning that signing is just because we talked about it a couple times. Yeah, big news and game to look for February 14th. The Oilers take on San Jose, and they face each other two other times after that for the rest of the year. So be some things to watch out for as sparks could fly. Yeah. And then – Last thing to mention here, shout out Keith Yandel, NHL Ironman streak. Uh, he just broke that yesterday, or excuse me, on Tuesday um, in the game against the Islanders. It was 9.65 consecutively. He started the streak on March 26th of 2009. <laughs> so that's the last time he has missed a game. He just passed Doug Jarvis at 9.64. And we also have one other active member in the league who's in the third spot, Phil Kessel, at 941. His streak started November 3rd of 2009. Still grinding away for the Yotes. Oh, and speaking of which, what do you think about this real quick? Rumors have it, obviously, because Coyotes haven't paid Glendale, Arizona, the taxes. They're thinking about playing at Arizona State University's hockey rank for the next three to four years, which holds five, it's got 5,000 seat capacity. 
How would what would you think about that? What's their current stadium capacity? I mean, it's obviously going to be less. Five thousand is not a very big arena. But I'm also just going to go. I'm just going to put average attendance because how many seats are there? There's no way that is normally. They average fourteen thousand. And the arena on average is okay. This was last. Nah, I can't even go off of last season's. Or never mind. This is before COVID. They averaged 14,000 people. Average capacity was 83.5% of the arena. So a, a chunk of it still unfull. Yeah. But still going from 14,000, you're averaging 14,000 a game down to 5,000. But a packed house. Yeah. I mean, it'd be a cool atmosphere as far as. Um, I mean, you might you probably be able to up your ticket prices just because there's less of them available. I was trying to figure out a way that the Coyotes don't lose a shit ton of money. You know what I mean? That's 9,000 less seats every single game. But, I mean, I think it'd be cool as far as having, having a packed arena for them <clears throat> would be good just for being one of the bottom teams in the league right now. But I don't know. It's, it'd be interesting to see how that works out, just as far as to does Arizona State serve alcohol? Like, would that would they have to add in new vendors for that? They like, do. They do. Oh, okay. And yeah, they would. What I read was that they'd just be renting it out, like for during their home games. And I think that'd be badass. Like, honestly, thinking back to my career when I played the coolest places I played in were smaller packed to the tits, no standing room, people banging on the glass, all that, like where you could hear all the people, like the crowds really into it. And I just feel like it, it makes for a more intense game because you feel like the crowd is right on top of you where, you know, in a stadium, you have how many people and you can see empty seats everywhere where you look everywhere and there's not a fucking damn room for a person to stand because everyone's yeah. packed shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, yeah I, th- I, I think it's fair. Yeah. We should maybe have to go check out a game if we get down there. Yeah. But yeah, that wraps up our NHL segment here for today. Um, and that wraps up our episode today on Thursday. Covered kind of basically all the main main topics going on right now in, in the three major sports going on. Obviously, um, golf is kicking off. We'll dive into that tomorrow on our episode. Also, we'll uh, preview the games this weekend for you guys. And yeah, we'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs>